0: Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God, and saying, The times are fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Happy Tuesday, everyone. This is Anthony Mincarelli, and today, we are diving back into Daniel chapter 7. As you may have gathered, what you just heard was not Daniel 7, but in fact an excerpt from Mark chapter 1. Now Jesus and his disciples were always making wild statements like that. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a mustard seed. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of heaven. Truly, I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. To us 21st century Americans, this, this seems really strange. We, we have really little concept of living in a kingdom. We have lived in our own unoccupied nation for over 200 years. Our governmental structure is a democracy that gives us all individual rights and the power to vote, which is wonderful. But to the Jews living in Jesus' times, the Jews who heard him making these bold claims about a kingdom of heaven, they knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. They had been waiting for this kingdom for over 700 years. They had been waiting for this kingdom because their God had promised them it would come, and he promised it in Daniel chapter 7. Let's dive in. Daniel chapter seven verse fifteen. As for me, Daniel, my spirit within me was anxious, and the visions of my head alarmed me. I approached one of those who stood there and asked him the truth concerning all this. He told me and made known to me the interpretation of the things. These four great beasts are four kings who shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom for ever and ever. Then I desired to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the rest, exceedingly terrifying, with its teeth of iron and claws of bronze, and which devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with its feet, and about the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn that came up before which three of them fell, the horn that had eyes and a mouth and spoke great things, and that seemed greater than its companions. As I looked, this horn made war with the saints and prevailed over them until the Ancient of Days came, and the judgment was given for the saints of the Most High, and the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. Then he said, As for the fourth beast, there shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all the kingdoms, and it shall devour the whole earth, and trample it down and break it into pieces. As for the ten horns, out of this kingdom shall ten kings arise, and after shall ar- another shall arise after them, and he shall be different from the former ones, and shall put down three kings. He shall speak words against the Most High, and shall wear out the science of the Most High. And shall think to change the times and the law, and they shall be given into his hand, for a time, times, and half a time. But the court shall sit in judgment, and his dominion shall be taken away, to be consumed and destroyed to the end. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and his dominions shall serve and obey him. Here's the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly alarmed me and my color changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have you tuned in yesterday? You heard Mary elaborate for us at the beginning of this chapter how scholars believe the four beasts Daniel saw were specific kingdoms of Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome and how the title Son of Man is the title that Jesus most uses in referring to himself. The Jews, at the point of time that Jesus was proclaiming this kingdom of God, they had experienced violence and humiliation at the hands of those four nations, watching helplessly as those foreign rulers murdered their children, plundered their land, and continually oppressed them. For them, the beasts of Daniel 7 were a lived reality, and they anxiously awaited the coming of God's justice on these pagans. They were ready for a king like David to arise and destroy the enemies of God. They were ready for Daniel chapter 7, that kingdom of God, to arrive in fullness. Thus, when Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven was here, they knew exactly what this meant. This meant that their God was finally going to destroy their enemies and bring about a kingdom that would last forever. And this was true. This is exactly what was going to happen. But Jesus and the Jews, they had a very different understanding of who God's enemies were. To the Jewish mind, the Roman Empire was enemy numero uno. And to their credit, the Roman Empire did eventually fall, but not before the good news of the kingdom completely transformed it. God had bigger plans, though. Jesus was preparing to take down the ultimate enemies of Israel. And not just of Israel, but of all creation. Jesus had in his sights humans' final enemies, sin and death themselves. God, through Jesus on the cross, defeated sin, defeated death, and then in a startling twist, Jesus rose from the dead as the everlasting king of the kingdom of heaven. Our king is alive, and his kingdom is unstoppable. But dear listener, you may be like me. You may find yourself looking around the world we inhabit and think, this does not look anything like the kingdom that was described in Daniel chapter 7. All dominions do not subject themselves to God's reign. And instead of, of the kingdoms being given to the saints of the Most High, we, we just see more warlords, more corrupt rulers, taking their authority from other warlords and corrupt rulers. If this kingdom of God is here, then how is Russia allowed to bring destruction upon their neighboring country, Ukraine? If the kingdom of heaven is truly here, then why does creation still rebel by bringing about devastating earthquakes, killing thousands? Our hope lies in the promise that God, our God, is not finished. Thus, we stand in solidarity with Daniel and his compatriots in Babylon. Evil Babylon may seem formidable. The darkness of this world may seem to eclipse the kingdom of heaven, but God is not finished. Babylon will not have the last word. Greece will not have the last word. Rome, evil, pain, death, cancer, financial struggle. It will not have the last word. God will have the last word. He will make all things right again. So as some of you may know, uh, I, I've talked pretty openly about my dad, um, being diagnosed with dementia. And so slowly I've had to watch him lose his personality to this disease. I've had to watch it slowly kill him. And this, this reality, um, this darkness has been agony. And in the midst of that too, I find myself wrestling with, with a great deal of anxiety. So, uh, the world is, is filled with all these dark kingdoms. And then yet yeah, in the middle of it too, I find my own, um, dark kingdoms that are, are sailing me as well. And in that I find hope that, that my God, uh, our king is not finished. That dementia will not have the final say with my dad, but God will have the final say. That anxiety and and mental health does, does not have the final word on my lived reality, but God has the final word on on who I am and, and what my future holds. Um, and I know that holds true for all of us. So Daniel's dream ends with what I feel is a really peculiar twist. After the fourth beast is brought down and God takes back all power and authority, it says that the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. I often have this perspective that God would be king and we would all serve him, the end. But but here it says that the saints of God will be given the kingdoms of the earth. You and I and the fullness of God's people would be given the kingdoms of the earth, which, that that seems kind of strange until we remember Genesis 1. Because this is how it all started. After God made all of creation, He put Adam and Eve in charge of everything. He put them as rulers of creation to steward it. God is not just going to bring down the the kingdom of darkness, but he's going to remake all creation and and put everything back right the way it started. Recently, I I had the joy of rereading the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. If you haven't read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, I highly recommend you grab yourself a copy. So in that book, Lewis paints us a story where the Christ figure is depicted as a lion named Aslan. Aslan and four human children lead a war on the source of evil in the land of Narnia. The evil white witch. After Aslan and company defeat the witch, Aslan leaves Narnia in the charge of the four human children. Peter, Edmund, Susan, and Lucy. I mean, Aslan is still ruler of Narnia. He's still there. He, he still pops in and out, has his, his way in, in affairs of the world. But the four human are put as kings and queens, and they, they continue to have these wonderful adventures in Narnia as they're ruling it, rooting out the final pockets of evil, going on grand adventures, and exploring their new kingdom. I haven't a clue what the kingdom of heaven will look like when God finally does make all things right, but I, I think C.S. Lewis points us in a possible and delightful direction. So my brothers and sisters, when you find yourself overwhelmed by the kingdoms of this world and their dark power. When things like cancer and financial debt, sickness and pain raise their beast-like heads, I encourage you to take hope in the promise of Daniel 7. Though the wrong seems off so strong, he is the ruler yet.